Well, hey there, and welcome to Live It Out, a podcast here at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, about faith and the 21st century. What does it mean to live as followers of Christ in a post-Christian society today? Each week, we're going to have the amazing opportunity to talk with people across the globe who are committed to walking through this life with Jesus and hear their thoughts and experiences of the Christian life in an ever-changing and hurting world. We hope that this encourages you and helps you in any way. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. All right. Hey, well, this is new. This is, hey, uh, if you don't know me, I'm Spencer. Um, I'm our young adults and uh, also work a, a lot around here with, with Centenary uh, with uh, some campus projects that we've got going on now um, with our young adults. And so it's great to have you here this morning um, or actually afternoon, I guess it is now. Man, I'm yes. losing track of the days. It's after lunch. Yeah, I know. I mean, and I even ate lunch too. So it's like, that should be a telltale sign of what's going on here. But um, no, we're, we're super glad that you're joining us here on Live It Out. Um, James, how are you? I'm doing great, Spencer Berrios. I'm yeah. doing great. And um, th- lot, a lot going on. Yeah. A lot going on in the world. Absolutely. A lot going on in Centenary's world, but God is good. Heck yeah. We are also here um, on this week's episode with uh, our new friend, Lo Alleman. Lo is going to be speaking at our Watch and Pray conference here coming up next week, actually. So next week in November 4th through 6th, we are going to be um, celebrating this this second annual. And I love saying that. I've said it from stage almost yeah. every week now on Sundays. It's like, since this is the second year, we Number can two. finally say it's an annual thing that we do. But uh, we're here with Lo Alleman. Lo, how are you today, man? Yo, I'm good, man. Excited to be with you guys. Heck yeah. Well, hey, let's just jump right into it, honestly, because uh, I want to I wanna make use of, of your time today. Um, but really a quick question um, that I wanted to kind of start with is like, how did you, how'd you get into ministry? And, and could you share a bit of um, uh, how you came to, to following this guy, Jesus? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a gangster by trade. You know, I grew up in the... <laughs> In the in, in the hood, more or less. So I was wow. born in California, raised in Mississippi, which is a very different place. Wow. So, right. We uh, went from, I was, I was 11 years old. We moved from the West Coast to like a very rural, small town, Mississippi. Gotcha. And um, the the huge juxtaposition, like probably the biggest one was we went from not having any conversations around faith or church or Christian etiquette to being immersed in like Bible Belt church culture. Wow. And. I had zero interest, um, <laughs> zero interest at all. No one really took the time to like, explain much of the gospel. It was more just like, hey, this is what we do every single day. And so kind of got indoctrinated in the culture of it. And the moment my mom wasn't making me go to church, i.e. my freshman year of college, I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I had a very interesting and uh, not productive freshman year. Um, of just partying and kind of living my own life and doing my own thing. Yeah. And they, they typically don't love for you to do that in college. So I had to go to summer <laughs> school. <laughs> I had to go to summer school and fix all that. And uh, no one else was on ca- on the campus at the time, but a bunch of other folks who, you know, had to fix their grades and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but there was this one community, this little artistic community of, so happened to be Jesus followers who um, invited me to game nights and to play cards with them and to, you know, share my art and my poetry and stuff. And most of it was like angry, you know, raps. And, uh, but they, they invited me to share and to be artistic and express myself. Wow. And they also were expressing their art and their creativity. And they just seemed very passionate about Jesus. 
and um yeah they just had a different a different vibe about it and so yeah. i got curious i was uh i was dating this girl at the time and she we broke up and she was doing great and i was miserable and i was like hey you should be miserable with me why aren't you miserable <laughs> and she also was very passionate about jesus and so i just people who i cared for i just started asking questions like hey what is what does it mean to really follow him? And, and what do you mean when you say you hear God and all that? And so, yeah, that, that summer started this, um, this pursuit of wanting to know what God was actually about. Mm. Um, started, I wanted to disprove it, but then it became like, man, the Holy Spirit actually was speaking to me. And wow, the gospel cool. became this story that I was not just interested in, but like I was immersed in. And so, yeah, man, I started following Jesus at 19. Yeah. And uh, we've been running ever since. Whoa, that's, I think that's really interesting because um, it's it's a more uncommon thing, but also recently. So um, in our in our young adults community, it's it's fun to kind of hear how people um, have come to really know Jesus. Can you can you speak more into that kind of disproving thing? Because it's funny, mm. it's almost sarcastic in a way that when we start trying to do things against God, kind of towards God, it always flips on its head. Can you oh can you speak gosh. a little bit more into that? Of like what like what were you disproving and and how did God kind of flip that up? Yeah, well, so I, I had a lot of this deep pent up anger, mm. and I, I wanted to put blame somewhere. Wow. And so there's a lot of just hypocrisy around, you know, the, those who are of the church and in the church. Like it's a big show. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever been to a black church before, but it's like very expressive. You know, yeah. so it's a lot of. Wow. We, we tend to go for about three hours. It's a very long thing. <laughs> um, but as beautiful and as awesome as that expression is, there's always this weird kind of this duality, or there is in my community, but it's a duality to mm. how people actually live life out. And so my thinking was, you have these people who claim to love God, but they live very not godly lives outside yeah. of this space. Yeah. Um, and, and then I have my life, which has a bunch of brokenness in it. And it's supposed to be God is good and faithful and loving, like all these people claim. But I see the hypocrisy of not only their lifestyle, but their claims. A bunch of broken stuff was happening, wow. you know, in my life. And so I'm like, well, if that God's real, he's either inconsistent uh, or he likes this show thing yeah. more than he cares about, like, being involved in people's lives. Wow. And so I uh, I didn't love that. And so I, um, I'm very argumentative by nature. Nice. Very expressive. It tends to help in poetry and preaching. But yeah. at first, it was like, let me disprove this whole thing. And so I was trying to find a way to... to to point out some hypocrisies of scripture or, or to point out some ways in which it, it contradicts itself or to point out how like, you know, church history is marred by a bunch of really broken things. Yeah. Um, and Christians don't, don't uh, historically get it right all the time. And so as I'm doing that, you know, I have this curiosity to try to like read scripture for the sake of like asking a bunch of questions. And it seemed like this Jesus dude, also asked a lot of questions. <laughs> like, yes, he did. His, his main mode of ministry was actually not providing all the answers. He spoke way more questions than he did to give answers. Wow. And there, there seemed to be this mode of operandi to him to allow people to find themselves in the story that he was telling to help them re-see what the story in the world they were living in actually was. And that was mad compelling to me. Wow. I was like, man, I, don't, I still don't fool with church necessarily, but I like this Jesus guy a lot. Um, yeah. and then you started to like read like the parables like Matthew 13, where he's like speaking about this kingdom that he's after that he's so passionate about. He compares it to all these different things. And as an artist, I love the, the, the analogy and the storytelling of Jesus. Like, yo, this dude is like dropping bars to, <laughs> to, to, to talk about what he's into. He, yeah. the, the, the small kingdom that's so precious and important to him. He'll sell everything to have it back. And so it became this hunger for not just, you know, the storytelling, 
question asking Jesus, but a hunger to actually know him as, as a person. Mm. And then in all that pursuit, I had this crazy charismatic encounter with the Holy Spirit where I was like, oh, snap, he's talking to me, um, which I didn't have a theology for or a framework for, but it happened. Right. And we kind of couldn't get around that. Oh, that's that's good stuff. It, Lo, I, I could just listen to you talk all day. I do have a question, though. What is dropping bars? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's what we in the hood describe as a as as somebody saying something very profound and enlightening. Did you, did you, you were just dropping some bars too, bro. Heck yeah, yo. Now, you know, it's interesting to me. I, I'm so glad that you brought up the, the your your kind of issues and your notice of the inconsistencies of the church, mm. and and I'm telling you that is that has been something that's been on my heart for, you know, 30 years I've been in ministry and, and I've, I've really, and, and I've been inconsistent. I mean, I've, I've probably helped with some of that as if I'm honest with myself, but I'm telling you right now, more than at any other time that I remember in history, and I think probably any other time is people are, especially, especially folks who are younger coming into the church or contemplating coming into the church. They are absolutely just not going to tolerate those inconsistencies anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. if, if this is who you say you are, and it's like you said about Jesus, he said some really great things that are compelling and they just pull you in. If that's yeah. who you say you are, I, I need you to be who you say you are. Are you seeing those those kinds of things happen in community right now and, and people that are being kind of called back to the truth and, and being that real thing? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think one of the things that I'm I'm most compelled by is is not the notion of like perfectionism or that like I have to be perfect in any way, but I have to be consistent. It's the main thing that's being required of me as as a father, as yeah. a husband, and as as a leader in my community. No one wants me to be perfect, but they need me to be consistent yeah. to let my yes be my yes to show up as I say I'm going to show up. And I can get it wrong a million times, but as long as I'm consistently doing that, they tend to vibe with it. Yeah, you know, that's right. <laughs> Wow, that's and, so and, cool. and because so so many people, if, if you go to a space, you want to know you're going to get what you expect to get from it. And I, I think that the church has not always been that. Christ has always been that. Mm. And it's interesting. Jesus actually does not give this fanciful view of the church. If you, if you, if you hear the language he talks about the church, he talks about his pretty broken people. Yes, you know, like all, yeah. all, all of the analogies are of us being lost somewhere mm. or of us getting it wrong. I, I love Luke 15's language, right? Lost coin, lost yeah. sheep, lost sons. He's not saying we're perfect. We get, we, we found the way we're very much a lost people, yeah. but the consistency is, is, is that he is the one that finds the lost, you know? Yeah. And so I think for, for me and, and the communities I get to move in, the pointing to not only the, the consistency of Jesus, but also being honest about where I find myself in the story. I don't want to set myself up as this person that has all the answers. Yeah. Uh, Cause I can't consistently be that guy. I can consistently be a representative of grace because I'm a guy that always needs. Absolutely, that's it, man. That's so good, and 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 I, I want to talk to you a little bit too um, about what you are doing right now for the kingdom. Yeah, and and I'm just I'm overwhelmed in some ways by what God has called you to, Lo. And as I listen to you, the power of the Holy Spirit is it's pretty amazing that, that, that yeah. how it comes through when you're speaking as I was describing you with, to someone not long ago and they were like, what is it? What does he really do? And I said, man, this guy is a modern day Psalmist. 
Yo. And, and I'm, I'm serious. That's exactly what I think about when I think about you. And, and how, how is it that God called you in to using this, this method or, or, or this Psalm reading that you do? Um, it, it, I'd, I'd be really interested to know how God called you into that. What was that? What was that story? Yeah, well, so remember, I, I wasn't very interested in God early on. And yeah, so yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I, I, I wanted to be a rapper. Like, that was my goal. I'm actually, yeah. I, was, I was pretty good at it. Um, yeah. But the the things I would rap about and the energy of hip-hop culture, it, it, just, it was not very Jesus-friendly. Yeah. And so when I started hanging out with that artist community and I said, okay, I'm going to start following Jesus now, I was like, hey, I don't know if I should do rap anymore because the energy and the vibe behind it isn't, you know, isn't very holy or Christ-like. Mm. Now, I will say, in the maturing of my faith, I now recognize how the Lord can redeem rap, but that wasn't it for me at first. At first, I was like, I just kind of can't do this anymore. Um, But the community I was in in college, they had a bunch of just like open mic nights, and there was a bunch of spoken word poets. And a friend of mine, her name is April Rollins, she was like, hey, Lo, try writing this uh, this poetry thing. It's basically the same thing you do with rap, but just take like all the rhymes out of it, or take all um, all the beat out of it. And so I tried it. I gave it a shot. I was pretty terrible at it at first. Um, <laughs> but but grew to appreciate like the art, the artistry of it, right? Wow. So I'm, I'm 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 studying different artists, I'm listening to different artists, and some of my favorite writers like historically have been rappers, Tupac, Biggie Smalls, Kendrick Lamar. Like, these these hip hop artists are are insanely gifted like poets. Like the Lord has given them a gift in writing and lyricism. And so I would I, I always love the lyric part of it more than the beat part of it. So I'm like, yeah, I can I can be creative and try to get better at this. And so there was a there was a competitive edge, a kind of like hip hop nature, uh, aggressive, competitive kind of vibe that I had to getting good at the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I shared a poem once, and the Holy Spirit moved in it. And I, I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know that could happen at all. To where God would inspire something that I wrote on my for my private time, and then when I shared it publicly, someone said, "Yo, everything you wrote in that poem was what I'm going through right now in this season." Wow. And that was something I couldn't take credit for. I never met that person, but it's the same way the Lord inspires scripture. You can read it one time and hear a whole different thing out of it. Similarly, we, we inspire something inside of us. Inspiration in the Latin just basically means to breathe into it, right? So like the God is breathing wow. this inspiration, breathing this artistry inside of his people. And as I do that and I share it, I'm like, yo, God, you actually met somebody through this, this thing that I just wrote in my, in my, in my private time with you. It's almost like I'm abiding in the vine and the fruit that comes, like John 15, 8, the fruit that comes brings glory to the Father. So I'm like, oh, yeah. we'll do that then. So I, just, I, I saw him use it, and I was like, I want, I want him to keep doing that. Let's keep doing this rest of our lives. So I, uh, I, I started sharing more and more and started getting invited to more worship spaces. And uh, eventually the Lord opened the door to be able to do this full time um, and then to be able to teach from this as well. And so it's created a very interesting lane to run in, but I, I praise God for it because I don't know where else I'd be. Well, I'll tell you one thing, sharing, use the word sharing. That's an understatement, man. God is using you in an amazing way right now. So, um, I just, I'm, I'm in awe of, of how God is using you. We're talking to Lowe Alleman. Lowe is a modern day psalmist, author of We Sang a Dirge. We'll talk a little bit about that a little more in just a few minutes, Lowe, but we'll be back in just a moment. What does it mean to pray? Does God really listen to me? Each year at Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky, these questions and more are asked over the weekend of our city's most outstanding prayer conference. Watch and Pray 2022 will happen November 4th through 6th. 
Don't miss this time with speakers like Judith McNutt, Miriam Swanson, and Lo Alleman. To register, visit LexChurch.com or call us at 859-269-2800, 859-269-2800. Well, as you just heard, we have got our Watch and Pray conference happening at Centenary Church um, coming up here in just one short week, November 4th through 6th. And we are, man, we are so excited. Um, if uh, we, well, yeah, we've been uh, here with Low Alamon. I heard the worship leader is going to be awesome. The worship leader, he might, uh, he might just be amazing, but uh, I can't speak too much <laughs> into that. I'm just... Talk your stuff, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got to give the people, you got to give the people some something to look forward to. So uh, the worship leader, he'll 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 do his thing for Jesus. I'll say that. But yeah, yeah. they can go to to um, lexchurch.com/slash/prayer/conference yes. to register. Lexchurch.com to register. Be there. Be there. So we are um, finishing up our conversation with Low Alum and Low. Uh, I just got a quick question for you as well. Um, is where do you see like you? We just before the break talked about um, your passion and how this this kind of movement of, of poetry and being able to to take words and craft them. And um, at once you were saying was from like, uh, hey, this is, I'm going to be in the rap game and I want to, mm-hmm. I want to kind of make a name for my myself kind of thing. And, and then now you're doing this for the Jesus thing. Um, what has that been like for you? Because I'm assuming um, that, you know, as, as anybody aspiring to be somebody, there's some form of like, man, I want to make it. I want to hit to the top. And then the Christian hits this point where they're like, oh man, it's all about Jesus now. What has that been like for you of taking that desire to really want to move into into being um, somebody whose name and, and creativity and product that they're putting out is all about, hey, I want everybody to, to notice low to now this Jesus thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll, I'll say this, the, the lifestyle of, you know, um, like I'm, I'm currently on a, a 29 city tour right now and the lifestyle of like traveling and being on a tour bus and doing yeah. all this stuff. It looks really great on like Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very taxing. Wow. <laughs> and I, and I, I'll say this, especially for like followers of Jesus who, who have a gift that tends to serve platforms. Platforms are much more the cost than they are mm. the destination, right? Wow. So, so the idea of building up a name or a brand for myself and doing this whole thing for me, it's I, because I've experienced it, I'm currently doing it, it's actually way more exhausting than I currently wow. want to uh, want to pursue. I think the, the most life-giving call that God has given me right now is to be a husband and a father. Dude, and awesome. I really, really enjoy being home. Like, I become a homebody. I don't know when this happened. Maybe it was around <laughs> COVID. I really like being home, man. Like, yeah. It's really great. And so the whole traveling thing and the idea of, like, touring and all that stuff, that kind of comes with the territory of what my particular skill set is and, and the lane that God kind of has me in. Wow. But it's it's no longer the ideal. It's no longer the goal. I really want to see the kingdom of God come. And I, I, I want to see discipleship back, but I want to see hearts come, come alive in the gospel. But I do that way better with my children and with wow. my wife than I do on the road. And so I have to sustain my family. And I also feel called to like, you know, to evangelize and share the good news in, in, the, in the lanes God's given me. Yeah. But that's not the ideal. Being gone and building a platform for me is like, ah, it comes with the territory if it has to. Yeah. But the ideal is being home. Wow. That's actually, so cool. What's crazy about that is I, I actually was on the tour. We had our Texas stop was this weekend, or this past weekend. And uh, my wife, we flew my wife out of town to go to a birthday party with her uncle. 
And so I brought the kids with me on tour. And I was like, it's a great idea. Bring them on a tour bus and have a great time. It was the worst decision ever. <laughs> I bet it was. Horrendous. Like it was, it was good in theory. We got like three good pictures out of it, but in practice, it was terrible. Wow. Was so terrible. That's dad life. That's dad life. Oh my God. So, so, Lo, last year you released a book. Uh, the title of it was We Sang a Dirge. That's mm-hmm. that's available on most most platforms, I guess. Yes, sir. Tell us a, a quick word about it. Yeah, so there's this uh this this interesting theme, right? Talk about like biblical poetry and artistry and like there's this weird book called Lamentations where God yeah. basically <laughs> he he inspires and then sits with the grief of his people. Mm. And it is, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And it's also really difficult. It's really hard. It's yeah. gut-wrenching. And the Lord, uh, the promise in Scripture is that he is near to the brokenhearted. He's not upset by our grief or upset by our frustration, but he actually gives space for us to lament in him. And, and for, for all intents and purposes, biblical lament is, it is grieving where we are, while also longing and yearning for the kingdom of heaven, which is not yet. And so there's, there's a hope word grief that we have. It's saying, I know that things are wrong here because sin has touched the world, the world that we're living in. But we also have a hope that God would do something in our world from, from a sense of his love and his goodness. And so uh, during you know, the last few years, there's been several forms of grief that have come up in the church, whether it's a political divide, whether it's you know, racial tension, whether it's you know, dealing with COVID, all kinds of weirdness. Uh, the church had to like navigate and there's been a new, there's been a new language for lament being used. Almost like it's a, a new thing that God's doing, but it's been a thing for a while. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so what I thought would be helpful to do was as a poet and as an artist, I want to model, not teach, but model, uh, not explain, but express what biblical lament looks like. And so I've read a bunch of poems that have this four movements to it. What does it mean to long for the kingdom of heaven while you lament? What does it mean to listen to other voices while you lament? Hmm. What does it mean to be honest and tell your story around how you lament? Uh, so there's, there's there's these four different movements that we take in, in, in the book, but it's all this poetry that I, I, I feel like it's connected to not just the Black experience, but to what it means for the, the, the whole of creation to be groaning in expectation for a kingdom to come and for yeah. sons and daughters to be so there's that groaning, there's that lamenting language in there. It's also this beautiful poetry. It's an easy read. Um, and I think it's inviting us to to empathize the way Jesus tells us to. The, the name and the title comes from uh, the this, this story Jesus tells in Matthew 11, where he says, you know, the children were crying out or celebrating the marketplace and no one danced. They, they sang a dirge, which is a funeral song, and no one stopped to mourn with them. Yeah. And he's saying that the kingdom of God has no place for apathy. But the kingdom of God is welcoming to the joys, celebrations, and the grief and lament of God's people. Amen. So this is an invitation to, to, to lean into that. Wow. Man, I'm going to echo what James said. I could sit here and talk to you for the next six hours, honestly, and I feel like we could make that time pass in no time at all. Seriously, man. But that's why we so... got the prayer conference. Yeah, up, exactly. Man. That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm, I'm so, so stinking excited that you're going to be here. Um, Lo is going to be with us on our Sunday of our prayer conference. He'll be here um, at Sunday morning and then at our, uh, our special event, our after party at our park campus. And so if you're listening and you can't wait, just like I can't, um, 
definitely you're going to want to come to that seriously um well that is literally all the time that we have low man i appreciate you so much for talking with us and for being with us here and i can't wait to to see you and and uh and give you a hug next week but um, thanks low yeah if you are listening on whatever platform that you're listening to our podcast on would you subscribe to our live it out podcast so that you can listen to our episodes that have come out and will come out um and throw us a like or a comment in any way let us know how this is blessing you um, in any way. So that's all we've got. Remember, LexChurch.com to sign up for the prayer conference. And uh, James, I think that's I think that's it. Thank you, Spencer. Yeah, thank absolutely. You, thank you. For the next few weeks, I want you to work on dropping some bars. Okay? <laughs> you got it. Lo, thank you. And, uh, and we'll see you guys on our next episode. God bless you. Live It Out, Faith and the 21st Century is a production of Centenary Church in Lexington, Kentucky. Join lead pastor James Williams each week as we engage Christian leaders around the world. Be sure to subscribe today and leave a review of our podcast. To connect with us further, visit our website at lexchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to joining you next week. Until then, love one another and live it out.